Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Strong AF X Well Conditioned Show with your host, Jason Brown, where each week Jason teaches you how to get yourself and your clients brutally strong and, of course, well conditioned. What's up, everyone? Jason here for another episode of Strong AF X Well Conditioned. Thank you for joining me back today. We're talking about progression. Progression, progression, progression. I've heard it so many times. People ask, how do I progress? How do I progress my clients? What do I do? How do I progress? How do I progress? I, I can't even tell, begin to tell you guys how many times I've heard that be a major concern amongst co coaches writing programs. And um, I'm going to drop some information on you guys today. It's probably going to go against the grain. Some of you might stop listening to me thereafter. That's perfectly fine. You are entitled to your own opinion. Um, but I'm going to tell you what I see in the real world. W one of the things that has that has made me successful as an online coach and um, why we need to be careful when we are leaning so heavy towards one end of the spectrum. All right. So there are two ends of the spectrum. I'm going to use two examples. Um, let's talk about a science-heavy strength program, strength and hypertrophy program. Maybe it's just a hypertrophy program that's that's geared at gaining the most amount of lean tissue. And it's very science heavy. It's very uh, it's very precise with exercise order and rest intervals. All that stuff is well and good. Um, and we know that if we adhere to all of that stuff as closely as we can, then, you know, it, it, will we get the best results? Would they be better than, than not adhering to the science as closely? Maybe the results would be better. But the question is, when you are following everything to a T like that, what do we trade? If we're resting two to three minutes between every exercise, we're not supersetting anything, and we are just doing straight sets with, with um, you know, five, six exercises, what does that mean in terms of the efficiency of the session? What does that mean in terms of how it feels? What does that mean in terms of your compliance? Can your clients stick to that style of training? I would venture to say some can. I would venture to say every person on the that trains with me currently, if I program that way, they would not be with me. Now, I don't do things the way I do things just to get clients. Let's be, I just want to be very clear. I've written five, 600 articles over the years. I've collectively, there's probably a couple years worth of free programming on the internet. If you go look at my lead FTS articles, I know one article in particular has got 12 weeks of free programming. Um, there's, there's a plenty of articles that have just a ton of free programs. So you can, you can do my programs. You can read my articles. You can apply that stuff on your own and not, not give me a dollar of your money, which is, which is fine. Um, so just want to, you know, get that out of the way that, that the way I program is not because I just want to gain clients. It's because I believe in certain things. Now, uh, going back to our example, so we've got a science-heavy program. Then on the other end of the spectrum, we've got a random program. So, so just think of like a typical, like if you follow CrossFit.com, it's very random. There's there's not a whole lot of progression. There's not a whole lot of repetition of the same patterns. You're doing a lot of different things every day. You might do a heavy deadlift on Monday. You might do a 5K on Tuesday. You might do um, you know a mixed modality piece on Wednesday. And then week after week, that repeats. So you're not going to see the workout that you did on Monday. You're not going to see on the next Monday. So there's less structure to that style of programming. Now, that's for someone that certainly loves a lot of novelty. I was in that boat. I, I did that style of training for, uh, you know, a long period of time. And I will say that, um, you know, early on using, you know, even CrossFit.com, back when I first started CrossFit, this was back in 2006, I, um, I, I, was, I was very bought in to, for the competitive nature of it, but I realized very quickly that it was lacking and the structure was lacking. I was getting weaker. 
Um, I'd, I'd gone from the strongest point in my life to, um, you know, losing, just seeing my, my lifts go down significantly. <laughs> I'm talking 50, 60 pound drops over the course of uh, a year in some of my, my big lifts. And, um, you know, back then, you know, being in my twenties, that was, um, that was pretty, uh, not something that I wanted to see. It was, um, something mentally that uh, did not jive with me. So needless to say, we've got two ends of the spectrum here, right? Now, I think where I fall is somewhere in the middle. I love science. I am someone that has spent a, a large amount of my career learning about exercise science. And um, I have seen that the most I have learned about programming came from, came from a few places. The first place being from Louis Simmons, who I think is the godfather of mixed modality programming using um, both strength and speed methods and in GPP methods in the same program. I think he was just as good of a conditioning coach as he was a strength coach, believe it or not. And uh, I would say that a lot of my practical application came from Louis and the facility I trained at that used the conjugate system. And then of course we have the mix of, of things from Joel Jameson, you know, thinking about the aerobic system and how to combine that stuff. Um, but the, really the biggest lessons came from taking this information and applying it to myself in the trenches and then later to my own clients. So there's a lot of trial and error that took place. Now, I think that there is a balance in terms of, we can certainly follow science and use things to our advantage, like rest intervals, like exercise order. But I do think that there needs to be an element of fun too. There needs to be an element of surprise, not doing the same variations for too long. I do think there should be repetition, but I don't think we should be doing things for, for, you know, beyond four weeks at a time. I think we should have some rotation in there. We should have some rotation of methods. Uh, methods would be something I would say you could stick to longer, but vary how you deliver it in terms of the exercise selection. So, I am someone that um, I would like to, again, have some element of fun, trade a little bit of the results for fun, doing supersets, albeit is it going to be the, be the best way to gain uh, lean tissue? I mean, new research is showing that that it's not and that you should be resting longer and long for full recovery um, and, and less resting as long as two to three minutes between sets. Um, you know, and having a certain amount of reps in reserve. There's a lot of things that we can certainly lean on, but I think that at the end of the day, we need to be mindful of whether or not someone can stick to a program. So progression can be, can come in many shapes and forms. And I am going to tell you that because I've had that question so many times, I have spent a lot of time thinking about it myself. I have spent a lot of time um, building my own progressions, building my pro own progressions with things like cluster waves or cluster sets and wave loading and submaximal effort method. And you can see a lot of the stuff in my programs, uh, you know, to date, you can see the, those progressions that do take place. Now, I think the best progression is one, stick to the program. Don't add anything. So some of these things are might not be like plain view. Um, one, one thing I said, and, and, uh, with the group of coaches I work with was that sometimes progression is not in plain view. You might not see it, uh, with the naked eye, your clients might not see it, but step number one is stick to the program. Don't add anything. Don't take anything away or uh, unless of course there's an issue. 
but usually it, it comes by way of not adding anything. Just stick to the program as written. I say this to everyone on Team CXE and Team Evolve. Just stick to the program. I've thought of everything. I've put a tremendous amount of time, effort, and care into what I do. I don't put out anything that is haphazard or hasn't been refined over the last decade plus. So stick to the program is number one. Number two, progression doesn't have to necessarily be a hard progression where it's we go from three sets to four sets to five sets and so on. It can come by way of simply using the same scheme from week to week and going a little bit heavier. And I'm by a little bit heavier, I mean, you could even break out the fractional plates. For some of us older people, we're not going to be adding 10, 15, 20 pounds every week. We might be adding a total of five pounds, so, so two and a half on each side or even less than that. Sometimes I use the fractional plates for that because, you know what, mentally it feels good and it allows me to get really dial in the reps and reserve to, to really be precise with what I want to do. And, and at 40 years of age, I see this to be more of a thing. Now, when I was younger, shit, when I was younger, I would go up 25 pounds a week easily. Um, that's not the case anymore. So, you know, I think a lot of you that are listening, um, that are working with clients know that, um, a lot of the people that are working online, um, I think we can boil them down into a few categories, but I think most people that are, are working with an online coach have, a decent level of experience, they can afford um, that high level of service. So I think that when you when you have those elements, you don't necessarily need to have a progression that jumps out and hits you in the face. It could be three sets of eight to 10 reps, week one, week two, week three, week four, and they go a little bit heavier or they go a little bit higher in terms of, uh, you know, leaning higher on the on that rep scheme, you know, going nine reps, going 10 reps, um, adding a little bit of weight. It doesn't have to be jump out and hit you in the face. I think coaches labor over this because they think that their their clients are going to be like, they're going to have this discovery, this epiphany that my coach isn't progressing me. That's not the case. Your clients oftentimes need a regression. They oftentimes need to go a little lighter because life happens. <laughs> life happens. Remember that. So the things that are super important is getting them to just stick to the program, to not be all or nothing. A lot of people will say like, oh, well, if I can't do all the sessions this week, I'm not going to do any. If you can do one session or two sessions, that's better than zero sessions. So I would rather them just go through the motions sometimes than worry about going up. Um, and, and even sometimes I'll have clients, um, hey, you're not feeling it. Well, maybe take out the main lift. If it's a main lift is a front squat, maybe we skip the main lift today and we just do some accessory work. We do, you know, four exercises just to get moving. We do some foundational movement pattern development. Um, we don't really worry so much about the loading or the intensity of the session. And we get the set, we get a check in the box because those checks in the box add up. Okay. So, um, what I'm trying to say here is that progression doesn't necessarily have to be progression. Now, if you want to progress dynamic effort, over the course of three weeks, I would recommend that you do so. Speed work is a lot easier to progress. There's a lot less variability with speed work because we're using submaximal loads. We're using, um, you know, loads in the, depending on how you're programming it and what you're using for equipment and whether or not you're using accommodating base resistance. But, you know, if you're in the 60 to 70% range, there's a lot less um, chance that that loading is going to feel significantly heavier. Sometimes you might feel slower because of uh, maybe just, a level of neural fatigue that exists, but usually it's a lot easier to adhere to that work. And oftentimes I find that with speed work, some things like dynamic effort, it's a good 
breakup of the week where you're not just focusing on lifting heavy. And we know that we, the benefits of, of improving um, both strength, both force component and velocity component um, of our force velocity curve, curve are important. It's balanced in your programming. It's also balanced in terms of, of what we're doing with just bar velocity and, and using different techniques. Um, so, you know, in a conjugate split, I think it's highly beneficial. Is it something I use in all my training? Is it something I use in evolve a full body split? Not always, but we use some type of speed work in just about every session, um, you know, using some form of plyometrics to, to prime us for the, the upcoming session. And again, that stuff on paper might not look like much. I do three sets of three, uh, uh, you know, on the last phase of my warm up sequence every single day. So if you train five days a week, you know, you've done nine reps, you've done 45 reps that week of, uh, some type of plyo. Um, is that enough? You know, it really depends on you, but I find that to be more than enough for most people. And if we're thinking about law of averages, that's what we're looking at. When I write a program like evolve or CXE, it's written for the masses. We've got, um, you know, collectively over about a thousand people on those now. Um, and you know, I, I suspect that it, it's, it's going to be a lot more than that in the coming years. But, um, what we're trying to do is we're trying to basically have the greatest good for the greatest number. So if I apply these techniques to a lot of people, can I, can I be guaranteed a better result in my experience? Yes. Now there are certain things that I could apply that I would might not guarantee a better result. If I start using super long rest intervals and, and not using supersets anymore and just adhering to um, actual like peer reviewed research, then the programming would get boring very quickly. Now I do think that there is a place for longer rest intervals. We use longer rest intervals on our main lifts. Um, there are, there are plenty of situations where, um, long rest intervals are needed, but we have to remember that most people have between, you know, 50 to 70 minutes, let's call it three to five days a week. CXE is, is more of a commitment in terms of, uh, how many sessions there are per week, uh, evolve being full body is a little bit less rigid. So you can, you know, you can pick and choose. If you only do a few sessions, you're going to still make gains because they are full body sessions. Um, they're very, they're very dissimilar, but there are, are some similarities in terms of progression. There are some similarities in terms of, uh, different methods and, and just, uh, techniques that we use. But I think that the, the main thing to consider here is that, Number one, can your clients stick to your program? If they're bored, then, you know, again, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to get by. And I actually have, um, I have a, a few clients that have uh, been bored with my programming. And there are situations where sometimes you have to let the overall health of someone dictate how you program. I've got, um, I've had a few clients in the past that don't move very well. And it's, you know, it's put us in a position where we have to really uh, take a hard look at whether or not there should be more variability, whether or not we should be using bilateral movements, um, you know, and, and not, um, you know, not just worrying about potential injury. So I'm not in the business of hurting anyone. I, um, I want people to get long-term results and, and, you know, to be feeling as good as they look and being able to perform as good as, as they look. But if we have to go back to the drawing board, then we have to go back to the drawing board. Now, you know, that, that is obviously a unique situation in, of, in and of itself. But if we're thinking about still giving them a little bit of what they want, then I think that it's okay. We got to find that balance and we got to find ways to do it in a safe way where we're not going to break them off. Right. So if I'm going to have someone push, um, it might not be with 
a heavy squat or a heavy deadlift. It might be with some type of conditioning element, or maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it's with a single leg pattern. So just remember that context is king. What I'm saying here is certainly going to be applicable to a lot of people, but there are always exceptions to the rule. So number one thing to consider is can your client stick to the program? Are they motivated? Get feedback from the client. This is all part of the process I use collecting feedback. If you're not getting feedback, then you don't know what's going well or what isn't. Um, number two, progression doesn't have to be in plain view. If you're using three sets of eight to 10 reps. You could go up, have them go up slightly. And this is just in the language. You just convey this message to them. Hey, we're doing three sets of eight to 10 reps of whatever movement for the next four weeks. I want you to try to go up incrementally in weight or go a little bit higher, uh, go towards the higher end of a scheme. So do nine reps on week two, do 10 reps on week three, go up a little bit heavier in week four. Um, again, it's that simple, right? And then number, uh, our, our last point here is that if you are using a specific method like wave loading or cluster sets or dynamic effort or submaximal effort, then you could certainly progress that. Simple example, we ran a uh, back squat and a bench press uh, test on Team CXE. Week, week one, was a heavy triple of both. Week two was a heavy double of both. Week three was a heavy single or max single, depending on how they're feeling. That's a simple progression over the course of three weeks versus I just have them do a one RM, which, you know, in most conjugate program, that's probably how they would do it. They would do a different max effort variation every week. We don't do it that way. I do it this way. I find that it builds motor patterns. It builds confidence. It gives people some exposure so they're not blindsided. And in this day and age, I am not a big fan of the unknown and unknowable. I like, I, I think that everything is known. We know what's coming our way. Let's plan for it. Let's do it strategically. Let's, let's build confidence. Let's, um, you know, get some exposure so we can do better when we are asked to push it. Um, and, and of course, if you wanted to, to learn more about how to progress things like cluster sets or wave loading, um, or any other strength method, or even any other conditioning method for that matter, um, it's, it's, it's all available to you on my website. You can read the articles about this stuff. But what I would say is that don't get hung up on progression. Get hung up on the connection. Get hung up on their compliance. Try to improve the client's compliance week to week. Try to uh, give, give them permission to go down and wait. Holy shit, what a novel idea. I know that it's probably, no, no one's ever probably said that. Give them permission to go easier. For you younger coaches, you might think that's bullshit. When you're my age, you will see that what I'm saying is it has some weight. Give them permission to go easier. I tell my clients all the time, it's okay. It's okay to go easier. Sometimes they just need permission to do so, so they don't feel like a bag of shit. <laughs> You'd be surprised how often people will be down on themselves, they'll focus on it, and they'll let it ruin their momentum. Let them know that it's okay to go easier. It's okay to dial things back. It's okay to go lighter. It's okay to skip an exercise. Fuck, it's okay to skip a session if you need to. Jesus Christ, one session is not going to make or break. If you miss an entire year of training, yes, it will make or break. But if you miss one sec session, move on with it. It's like eating a donut. Is one donut going to make you fat? No, but if you eat donuts every day, it's a different story. So if you eat one donut, put it behind you, move on, get back on track. That simple. Training, programming, same way. So for you guys, for you coaches, I'm giving you per permission to not progress. <laughs> you don't have to progress. Be a stickler for the basics. Be a stickler for communicating with your clients. 
Show them that you care. Show them that you know. Show them that you are so confident that they will get better off your program, that they can they can feel that confidence come off of you. I know every single person that comes on to any of my programs, my $30 a month programs, that they are going to get better. I know it. I would bet anything on it that if you follow my program for 12 weeks, you will get better. I'm getting intense today. <laughs> All right, guys, I am going to end on that note. I think this has been a great discussion. I am I am really excited to have more of these discussions with you. Um, again, these are topics that are real world. This isn't just like, hey, here's the fucking textbook and go to work with it. This is real world. This is what I see. This is what works. And if you can be a a great communicator with your clients and be receptive to their feelings, be receptive to things that they're struggling with outside of the gym, you will be a better coach. I promise you that. See you guys in the next show. This was another episode of Strong AF X Well Conditioned Show. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes and be sure to subscribe on all podcast platforms. 